Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Jamal Griffin, Senior Associate Athletics Director for Student-Athlete Welfare and Development. He talks about the holistic development of student-athletes on and off the field, how his faith guided him towards his current position, how baseball shaped his life, and much more. You can subscribe to Tommy Talks wherever you get your podcasts, and if you love it, please give us a five-star rating. Now here's our conversation with Jamal Griffin on another edition of Tommy Talks. Jamal, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, normally talking to student-athletes, but I wanted to get the viewpoint of you, especially considering where you work at as a Senior Associate Athletics Director in charge of student-athlete welfare and development. I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but has been more and more important or more and more in the public eye as of late. So tell us a little bit about the comprehensive development program that you have in place for the student-athletes. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. I think this is important, um, the things that we do for our student-athletes outside of the competition arenas. I think it's it's important. We talk about developing them holistically uh, for the next 40 to 50 years, and we try to be strategic about that, making sure they have the skills that they need to be prepared for the next step of their lives. So one of the things we developed was, like you say, the comprehensive development plan. And what we, we did is we work in five areas. We work in personal development professional development, leadership development, community service, and then what we call harm reduction, safety, and awareness. The good thing about it is we have valuable resources right here on campus. So under the personal development um, um, side of it, we work with one of our corporate partners, Wings Financial, who provides us with financial literacy. And so the way it works, you come in as a first year, and as a first year program, one thing under each one of those categories that you have to complete. For the first years, you have to complete that in a classroom setting with um, other student-athletes. And so, again, in all, all five of those areas, personal development, professional development, our career services centers on campus partners with us for that. Leadership development, our Opus College of Business, we partner with their advisory board for speakers to come in and talk about leadership for our first years. Community service, all of our teams already do a plethora of community service yeah and so each one of them have certain partners that they use for example our women's hockey team has a partnership with the friends of jacqueline friends of jacqueline is a program that partners college teams with children with cancer right and so they become part of the team they join the team some teams have them sign letters of intent and it just gives them an outlet um, for what they're experiencing in their lives, and, and that's been a really good program. And then harm reduction, safety, and awareness, we partner with the Center for Wellbeing. And they do all kinds of programming for us. For the first years, it's communications and healthy relationships. Yeah. So they sit in the classroom, and they have presentations about that. And then in addition to developing them in terms of how they learn, so for the second years, we, we, we talk to them about being independent and growing in that way. So in the second year program, for example, it's more, it's less, I should say, in the classroom. And there are things they have to do independently, mm-hmm. whether it's a module system or whether it's going on campus 
and and being with students at large to hear speaker. And so and then they progress every year thereafter until their fourth year or fifth year if they happen to redshirt and then they're out of here. So every year in those five areas, they get training in those five areas. And we hope that at the end of four to five years, they're ready for the next step. What a remarkable resource for for the student athletes and really – I just think a great opportunity for them, right? Because you come to college, you're going to be the big man or woman on campus, right, in, in the world of athletics, and it can be such an insular world when you're in high school, especially if you're really good at what you do, then to have a chance to have your world broadened by all of these different factors I think is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing, too, is we try to stay away from they get here on campus and we keep them all to ourselves. Right. We want them to be in learning environments you know, outside of athletics and outside of the classroom. I'm a firm believer that your education is the sum of all of your experience. So we want them to be in sessions with students at large so they can have friends that are not athletes, right. live with people that are not athletes, have their meals with people that are not athletes. And so we encourage them to do that, and we try to think about that when we're planning this comprehensive development plan. How did this whole plan come together? I would imagine you've run into it in different varieties all throughout your career. You know, one of the things that when I was considering coming to to St. Thomas, I was told that we have great collaboration on campus. And so I've seen this done in a number of ways. I've seen it done with community resources. I've seen it where student-athletes had to go out and just bring back what they did. Um, the big thing for us was trying to add value to campus mm-hmm. and, and showing that we're integrated in what we're doing in the campus community. And this allows us to do that. You know, it's beneficial for the Career Services Center to have, you know, students in their spaces. And so part of it was was thinking of it from that perspective. And then we, as we go, we'll alter it and we'll see what works and what doesn't work. And, and then we'll tweak it and change it um, ultimately to get the best result. I spoke to a lot of people around the country that did this kind of work when I came here, kind of getting feedback and then decided to put together what I thought would work well at St. Thomas. Is there one area that you've seen lately become more and more important as uh, as the world changes underneath our feet at all times? You know, it's, it's a lot of the harm reduction, safety, and awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that we do for the second years, because, you know, we started this when we first entered Division One, So we're in our second years now. And so through the Center for Wellbeing, again, they go to sessions on campus. You know, three of the things that, you know, they have options with over there is bystander intervention. Right. So how to step in when you see things are not not going the way they should be going. The other one is what they call QPR. It's question, persuade, and refer. It's for suicide prevention. Okay. It teaches them how to recognize what they may think is someone that's struggling and how to... um, you know, refer them to um, the proper sources. So question, persuade, and refer, suicide prevention. And then healthy masculinity is another thing they can take over there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, again, we found that in that area of harm reduction, safety, and awareness that, that they're really into it right now. It also ties a lot into the mental health. Awareness seems like that would be half the battle, just making people aware of these things. Because a lot of times it seems like, mistakes or things that happen come just out of being unaware that that's what you're doing is wrong and or not not benefiting anybody else yep you know and a lot of times it's students just saying i didn't know what to do Mm. i didn't know who to contact Mm -hmm. and so we try to remove that barrier and put information in front of them so 
when they see something, they, they know what to do. And it's second nature to them. They don't have to think about who to contact, where can I go to get this resource. They know it because they've heard it over and over and over again. Yeah, this seems like something you're really passionate about. Very passionate about. How, what drew you to this side of things? Well, my passion is young people. And so I discovered, I, I tell people all the time um, that early 30s, you know, I discovered what I feel like is God's purpose for my life. Um, based on my experiences and my history and the things that I've been through, um, I feel like he wants me to, to try to be a blessing to young people. And so I spend a lot of my time thinking about it. When opportunities are presented to me, it's always how does it fit into God's purpose for my life? Uh, read a book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. It's one of the best books that I've ever read. It changed my life, to be quite honest. And so I love students. I love young people. I love being a blessing to them. I try to encourage them and be there for them. What I always tell them is they don't understand how much they fill my cup right. and fill the adults' cups yeah. and just being who they are and being the people that they are. And so every day I think about what are we doing to make their lives better? What are we doing to prepare them for the rest of their lives? Did that event happen when you were already in the world of college athletics, or is that what helped drew you to college, draw you to college athletics? Well, and, um, I was not in the world of college athletics, but I was in the world of education. Okay. And all I see college athletics is, is education. Yeah. We're all on the college campus to educate students. Right. And so um, I worked in corporate America when I graduated for seven years, worked in banking, insurance, and investments. Early 30s, you know, I had a... Decent career, climbing the ladder, working at Allstate Insurance Company. And I just decided I wanted to do something different. I wanted to work with kids. Yeah. And so I worked for a year at uh, a place called Challenges Independent Living, foster care place. And then I started coaching at the same time, high school baseball and football okay. at Woodlawn High School in Baltimore. And so I loved being in the school so much that the following year I got a job teaching math. Really? And I did that for six years and coached high school football and baseball. And that's when I discovered that purpose. It was by chance. I was having a, a meeting, and um, one of the um, teachers had been teaching for a long time. We were talking about challenging kids, and she turned to me and said, you know, I think that that's what God put you here for. Um, you have a way with, with, with those kids. And then I went home to my 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 now wife, then girlfriend, and she said, yeah. and they, lady named Miss Conway, she said, I think Miss Conway's on to something. And she actually recommended that book for, to me, oh, The really? Purpose Driven Life. And I read it, and it was it was at that time that that I discovered that. And then, you know, I ended up getting to college and progressing through different colleges, and it's been the same mission ever yeah. since. So you go from high school math teacher, you go from banking world to high school math teacher to was your first job as a football director of ops at Maryland? So my first job was um, I was director of recruiting at okay. the University of Maryland. I worked for Ralph Friesden. He was the yeah. head coach. I did that for two years. And then in year three, I got promoted to director of football operations. And what drew you there? What made you decide to take that leap? Um, to college? Yeah. Well, at that point, quite honestly, I wanted to be a college football coach. Yeah. And so that was my opportunity to get into um, coaching on a collegiate level. And I enjoyed that. And, and I enjoyed working with the young people. And, and then at some point, I decided, you know, my path should be different. Instead of being a coach, I wanted to be an administrator. Yeah. And that's when I became director of football operations and then progressed on from there. you got to have a lot of patience to be a director of any sort of sports operation. I mean, because you you got to make sure everything goes right. Mm -hmm. you got to expect that it's not going to go right. And then you got to absorb the wrath of everybody when it doesn't go right. Right. 
That's a tough job, man. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's like any other job. It's all about the people you work with. Yeah. And um, Ralph Friesden was amazing to work with. And he was patient. I learned a lot from him. One of the things I learned from him that I'll never forget is how to respond in crisis. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a yeller when something was going bad. He wasn't, wasn't that type when something was going, going off. When we were traveling and something wouldn't happen properly, yeah. he'd sit there and wouldn't say a word to me and just let me and my team handle what we needed to handle. And he might ask me later when we get to where we're going, hey, what happened? And I'd tell him, he'd say, okay. Yeah. And so I think um, my first job in the college of being a director of football operations, he helped me a lot um, yeah. because he wasn't the type that would panic. I would imagine after trying to get 100 people into hotel rooms and on planes and in the places they need to be, everything seems easy after that. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, the interesting thing is, and, then, and, and you know this, I left the University of Maryland, and I was um, director of football operations. I went to Vanderbilt University where I was chief of staff. Mm-hmm. So then the, the um, responsibilities grew. And then the staff grew underneath me because we decided, went um, from Maryland to Vanderbilt with James Franklin, yeah. Coach Franklin, and he was at Maryland with me. And so some of the things that we saw, we said, okay, we need to restructure it and create some um, other positions and operations because at, at Maryland it was me and an intern. And so at Vanderbilt we added three staff underneath of me. I was chief of staff, a director of football operations, uh, director of football administration, and then a uh, director of player personnel to handle all the recruiting, and then everything else kind of worked off of them. And then when we went to Penn State, was at Vanderbilt 3, went to Penn State, and then we added um, a fourth person under me that was director of player development that handled some of the player functions that I had handled at Vanderbilt. And so um, a lot can happen. You know, in 13 years in college football, 12 bowl games, trip to Ireland, um, Big Ten championship game. And so it's a lot can, a lot of things can can happen. And at Penn State, um, not only did I handle the travel for bowl games for the football program and spouses and children, also the band. Okay. And so that That's, added a different dynamic yeah. as well. So right. so a lot of things, a lot of stories. I bet. Um, a lot of things <laughs> that didn't go right and a lot of things we got through and a lot of things we laugh at now. Yeah. Well, it's easy to laugh when you get a little bit of distance when they're they're in the rearview mirror. So then, that's where I w- you met Phil, right? Phil Eston, our athletics director. Now you met him at Penn State. So at um, he was the deputy athletic director at Penn State, and I was assistant athletic director and chief staff of football. He was the sport administrator for football. Okay. So we worked hand in hand every day. Yeah. And so then he moves to, back to St. Paul and says, "Hey Jamal, come on." Yeah. What do you about say? four months later, he just called me up. You know, again, I talk about. It's all about the people you work with, right. and we really enjoyed working with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing about being in the football world is I was at the University of Maryland. Nine of us from the University of Maryland went to Vanderbilt. From Vanderbilt to Penn State, 15 of us went. Oh, wow. And so now that's not only us. That's our family. So yes. I've known some of those folks from when my my 26-year-old was five years old. Right, and they've watched. We watched these other kids grow, and so forth, and so on. So it's all about the people. And then I enjoyed working with Phil at Penn State, and honestly, he's a good human, and yeah. he is doing this for the right reason. With everything, it comes back to the student athletes. Yep. And so whenever I'm presented with an opportunity, it's who we working with, how they're going to treat the students, and how's the college aligned. Yeah. And so, you know, when we were presented with this opportunity, 
would love to work with him again. We always talked about, you know, having an opportunity to continue to work together, and then here we are. Yeah. How many kids do you have again? Three. Three. And so you moved pretty late in their life, too, right? Like, uh, in, at least in their youth. Yeah. That's a tough decision to make. It is. So the we live in two worlds. Yeah. So the 26-year-old, when we left uh, Maryland and went to Vanderbilt, he was in the ninth grade. Mm. And so, funny story I like to tell. Middle school, he wanted to go to this Catholic school. He's a football student, athlete in college, yeah. played football. And um, it was a school, Our Lady of Good Counsel. A lot of good football players from there. Oh, yeah. Um, Fullers, um, Stephon Diggs. All through middle school, I want to go to Good Counsel. I want to go to Good Counsel. Yeah. And I'm using Good Counsel to motivate him for everything. Right. <laughs> and grades and everything. You're not getting in. If yeah. you and so uh, we get in. Ninth, he get in ninth grade year. He yeah. has a good season. After the season, I say, hey, we're moving. <laughs> and he said, hold on now. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> hold on now. We're moving. And where are we moving? Um, Tennessee. Right. And so that was that was, that was was hard on him. And uh, the high school he went to did a great job of, you know, welcoming him. And, and, and he loves it now. And he loved his time in, in Nashville. And so it was hard. Now, we have a 26-year-old. We have a 15-year-old, two right. boys, and then a baby girl that's 13. Always gonna be my baby girl. She's thirteen now. She always yeah, gonna be my baby girl. That's right. So they were smaller. Yeah. So for them, the real move that they remember is from Vanderbilt to Penn State, okay. and then obviously here. Yeah. And so um, they remember going to um, Penn State. wasn't that hard for them at this point. The twenty-six-year-old already signed his letter of intent to play football. He was in in state college all of five minutes before we had to go to summer workouts. Right. Because we left his senior year. Okay. So I left in January. The family stayed till June till he graduated. Yeah. And then they moved. He came to Pennsylvania for two weeks and had to go for summer workouts. So he's like missed a whole he, section of where you guys lived. He hasn't lived all intents and purposes in Pennsylvania or in Minnesota. Wow. He's been gone. He left the yeah. house to go to college and hasn't been back. That's wild. Where is he now? It's awesome. And so right now he's um, in Baltimore. Okay. He just finished his master's degree, so we're really proud of him. Yep. Graduation on last Friday. Got his master's degree in journalism and uh, communications, global journalism and communications. And what he's always wanted to do is be a college football coach. Yeah, yeah I want to go to college, play football, be a college football coach. He's living it. He grew up around it. He knows right. all the coaches. And so he was blessed with an opportunity um, coming out of college. Uh, he went to Mississippi State, was there. And then he went to Gannon University in Pennsylvania, sure. coach there. Yeah. And then he went to Old Dominion and was there. And then he uh, called me after last season and said, hey, I don't want to coach anymore. I said, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> he said, well, I'm going to go back because he redshirted to finish my master's. So went back to school, got himself a job working for College Bound. He loves kids, too. Yeah. He's in a high school helping kids get to college. And um, started last January, took a year, finished his master's, went to spring, um, um, summer school and then fall, and he just graduated with his master's. So that's awesome. So we're proud of him. So yeah. he, that's what he's doing now, and we're proud of him. He picks up. He's moving from state to state. Hey, you want me to come help you? He's like, nope. I'm gonna get a U-Haul. I'll move myself, and you know, we're really proud of him. See, that's the thing about a parent, right? Is you raise them to be independent, mm -hmm. and then it breaks your heart a little bit when they're independent and they don't need you anymore. Right. The yeah. biggest thing is just call me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just call and check on pops from time to time. <laughs> That's all we want. That's so, right. Just and let so us know you love us. Exactly. <laughs> so, to, so to close the question out, so when we moved here, uh, our daughter's a gymnast, and she took it the hardest Yeah. when we moved here because she had an awesome gym. 
And since we've been here, one of the things I did when I came for my interview was found a gym. Right. And so she's at uh, Flips Gymnastics in White Bear, and uh, she loves it. Absolutely yeah. loves it. Uh, how have you liked going to the Midwest? Because you've been an East Coast guy your entire been life. Been an East Coast guy and down south in Tennessee. It's It's been interesting. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it. We live in Woodbury. Uh, great high school um, mm-hmm. for my 15-year-old. He has his own activities, baseball, and he's a musician. So that keeps him busy. We've enjoyed Woodbury. Um, the thing that's interesting about where we live in Woodbury is because 3M is down there, there are a lot of people that are not from here. Oh, yeah. So they move in for 3M. So a lot of our yeah. neighbors, we even have international neighbors right now. Blah, And that's been good. Right. Because um, one of the things I was told when I come to Minnesota is they have their friend groups. They do. And it's kind of hard to get in. It is. And so it's been a blessing um, having people from different parts of the country right on our block. 100%. It's been good for our kids, and they welcomed us in. and. Yeah, I'm a non-native too, so I get it. But th- once you get in, and it's a little like St. Thomas in that way. Once you're in the mm-hmm. family, you're in. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good to go forever. And that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about St. Thomas is that it is a community, and they do rally around everybody else who is a Tommy. Absolutely. The people here, like I've mentioned this, and I can not say it enough, it's all about people. Yeah. And the people on this campus are amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got, they know the mission. And everyone's pulling the rope in the same direction. And it's all about the students. The programming that we have for students is amazing here. If you come to St. Thomas, you can get everything you want. Yeah. And that's what you want a college to be, a university to be. I can come there, whatever your interests are, regardless of who you are, you can get your needs met. And I think we do that the best here. And you'll build relationships because people care. Right. And how much of that is a function of it being a little bit of a smaller school? Because you've been at some big schools, Maryland, uh, Vanderbilt, Penn State. Those are big schools where St. Thomas is a little bit more intimate. You know, the interesting thing is people, a lot of people don't realize this. I'm sure you know this. There's 6,000 students at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And it's not, oh, it's it. a small school. Okay. It's a small school, but with a large name. Yeah. You know, and, and rightfully so. But, you know, it, it is some benefits to being at a smaller school with smaller classrooms. Mm-hmm. Professors get to know you intimately. I went to a small school, 3,000 students, and I played uh, racquetball with my favorite professor twice a week. Really? And I just don't know if you get that at some, some no. small. I'm sure there's some relationships like that, but people know you by your name. Yeah. They're going to know you when you're there. They're going to be able to get to know you enough to know when you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And so the system we have here, if a professor sees a student athlete struggle, I shouldn't even say a student athlete, a student yeah. struggling, they send an alert. If it's 300 people in your class, the chances of you noticing someone struggling or their behavior changing, it's not as great as if you got 25 or 30 people in your class. Right. Because you get to know everyone intimately. Yeah. So you mentioned this. Let's talk about uh, your athletic career playing at Coppin State, right? I did. I played did. baseball. Played baseball. I had Shortstop. The, shortstop. Had the cannon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I have to tell this story. Uh, we were talking one time, and I was like, oh, you said you played shortstop. I was like, oh, they put the best athletes at shortstop. You did not disagree with me. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. So, uh, blessed to, uh, I had an awesome collegiate experience. I was blessed to have the opportunity to go to college to play baseball or football. Yeah. I've always wanted to play baseball. Uh, my brother, oldest one, is seven years older than me. He loved baseball. We'd sit and watch the Baltimore Orioles games. Mm-hmm. This when they were really good. Right. <laughs> this is when they was really good, and I loved baseball. And so uh, it, people laugh when I tell them this. From the time I was small, my dream 
was to replace Cal Ripken and shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And you could not have told me that it was not going to happen. Right. And so that motivated me. Motivated me a lot. And so I love the game of baseball, played collegiate baseball. My son and I played in the same conference, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Yeah. And the thing that I tell him all the time, when we went to towns to play series in baseball, we actually got to see the town. So we got to travel, go out, see yeah. the town, because we were there for three, four games. Right. You know, and so he goes to town, he's a football player, gets there Friday at the hotel, play, yeah. get up and leave. And so I love that about baseball. There's so much downtime that you spend so much time getting to know your teammates intimately. Yeah. I started playing with a group of um, the kids when we were 14. We played till we were 30. Wow. Yeah, we went to different colleges. That team, we were 14. It was 20 of us. 18 of us played college baseball. Wow. That's and a good so, team. Yeah. And so um, we started playing again. Went to different high schools. What a gentleman did is went to Baltimore City Schools and grabbed the two, what he thought was the two or three best players. And every summer we'd come together and play. Yeah. And so we got older, started playing. A couple people got drafted, started playing um, semi-pro baseball. To this day, they're still playing softball together. <laughs> So we've been best men, we're godparents, yeah. and that's the joy of baseball. We've right. been friends ever since. Yeah, and, and athletics in general, right? Like uh, I was talking with Eric DeVille last week, it was our guest, and he was talking about moving around. And when you join an athletics program, a team, you get those built-in friendships right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I told people all the time that, you know, when – we was on that football staff that I told you we moved from place to place together. Yeah. The the staff meeting room, it was was essentially a locker room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were I mean, joking and we got stories and all that kind of stuff. It's it's amazing how athletics can bring you together. Yep. And that's what I enjoyed about it. Enjoyed about it with baseball. And um I had an awesome experience. I love the game. I I love everything about uh, baseball. When did you finally realize that Cal Ripken was probably going to outlast you at shortstop? Well, it's interesting because <laughs> I still dream about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, when I was in, um, probably when I didn't get drafted, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, um, I guess I need to get a real job. <laughs> and, and, and baseball is a job, but I guess I got to get a job. So, yeah. so at that point, you know, I got into corporate America and, and I've had sports has done so much for me in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, kept me out of trouble. Uh, Baltimore City. Tough town. Kept me out of trouble. Yeah. One of the things, uh, and I love to tell this story because, you know, you talk about so much about policing uh, right now in the country. And I remember, and I just talked to him the other day because I went home, and so I ended up getting on the phone with him. There was the um, police league, we called it. Yeah. I'm sure they had another name for it, technical name for it. It was the police league. And it was um, all the umpires, coaches, scorekeepers were police officers yeah and so they were ingrained in the community and you knew them by name but they also knew you by name right so when i was walking down the street and it was too late you know officer fleet who was my coach would be like hey miss margie you know you you out this late no absolutely not i'm going home (laughs) and (laughs) and so baseball has done so much for me so many mentors so many people that have um been an important part of my life and so, and I know that happens in sports in general, but for me it was just baseball, right? And football coming up, but primarily baseball. And so, um, sports are important. Um, it can shape your life, and it certainly did for me. You know, I've never got into trouble. Never, I never have drank or smoked in my life, and really? still don't because of baseball. Wow, 
Yeah. You couldn't convince me that that was going to impact my performance on the field. Yeah. Baseball was just more important. More important. Yeah. It kept me in school. I, I, you know, I knew I had to get good grades yep. to play. And so I got good grades so I could play. And that's what it's about, right? Finding the driver, whatever the driving motivation is for whoever. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, whether it's in band or whether it's in sports, finding that thing that's going to drive you to the best possible you. A hundred percent. Whatever motivates you. You yep. know, even for my kids, we talk about what motivates them and what, what, what pushes them to do the thing that they need to do to be successful. Yeah. And, and every, it's different for everyone. And sometimes it's people, sometimes it's circumstances, sometimes it's activities. And, you know, you just got to find what it is yeah. and find what motivates you internally. Let's ask you some questions about campus. Yeah. Um, where's your favorite spot on campus? The loft. Yeah, it's pretty up there. I go up there and um, the, the ladies and gentlemen that work in the loft, they know my drink. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. It's, it's yeah. what smoothie you get yeah. today. Yeah. And so um, I enjoy going up there and seeing the young people and, and I like it up there. They got good stuff. Yeah. They call that smoothie the Griffin. I don't know if you knew that or not. But I just go up and order the Griffin, and they hook me up with that. Uh, so your favorite team was the Orioles growing up? Baltimore favorite Orioles. all-time athlete? Ooh, that's a good one. Probably Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. I was a big Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. Big Sugar Ray Leonard fan. He's from Maryland. Uh, Tony Dorsett. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. Tony Dorsett. You know, the interesting story uh, that I'll tell you is I was a Baltimore Colts fan. Okay. And so the Colts left town when I was like 13, 14. And I yeah. cried like a baby. I bet. And then I picked up the Cowboys. Okay. So I became a big Cowboys fan. Yeah. And um, I root for the Ravens because they're the home team. But the Cowboys is always with my team. So I love Tony Dorsett and yeah. all those Cowboys. And so you loved the 90s. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Great time to be a Cowboys fan. Great time to be a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh. America's team. That's America's team. America's all the team. way to Maryland. <laughs> America's team. You know, the funny people ask me all the time, why didn't you pick the Redskins? Mm. The, com- the Commanders. Yeah. The Washington football team. And I tell people, you must not be from the region because Baltimore and Washington, D.C. is about 20 minutes apart. Yeah. But it might as well be 3,000 miles apart. Worlds apart, right? Yes, the differences in cultures and so yeah. forth and so on. So people ask me that all the time. Why don't you just pick Washington? I'm like, no. 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 Cowboys. That's not the same. <laughs> Favorite thing about the Midwest? Ooh. It's, it's interesting because I love the way the Midwest embraced the weather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so um, it's a lot of things to do outdoors regardless of, right. of when it is. You know, the whole 10,000 lakes thing, yeah. Minnesota is, you know, so I enjoy, my, my family enjoys the water, and I've learned to love it. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they take me to it all the time. Yep. And so um, it's nice. It's nice to be on the water here. Yeah. And so those are probably things. The winter, a lot of things you can do. Things don't shut down. Right. You know, you can snow, and everything's open, and you can still get around and still move around. And then the water, the yeah. water. Uh, as this university moves forward in Division One, what are the big picture goals that you would like to see St. Thomas accomplish as they move forward? From a university standpoint, I you know, I tell people how great this institution is. Mm-hmm. Phil used to tell me that all the time. So every Tuesday he used to wear his purple tie. Yeah, and he used to tell me about this Tommy Johnny thing. Right, and he's telling me about it. And I'm an East Coast guy, and I'm like, Philly, can't, it can't be that big. You're like, you're talking about Tommy and Johnny. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, this school is amazing, and people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. 
And so now when I talk to my friends back east and I tell them, and I always has have to draw an analogy for them, like how good the school is. So compared to this school or this school that they that they're familiar with. And I'm a, I believe that the things that we have, we should share with the masses. And I think that we'll be able to do that over time. I might not be here to say it, but this should be a national school because I think that it produces quality students and quality professionals the the way any school, any of the great schools in the country does. And I think right now the only people in the Midwest know that. And the reputation in the Midwest is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I see a time where Florida, California, all of these places, Texas, will say St. Thomas, and they won't ask which one. Right. Or they don't. They won't think, you know, Texas or the Bahamas. <laughs> They're gonna know exactly who we are and where we are. And I look forward to that day because, again, there's student athletes that we can impact all around the world. Absolutely, Jamal. Really appreciate your time. It's been great chatting with you. Love being on the football road trips with you, and uh, looking forward to much more to come. Thank your you. Pleasure's mine. Thanks for having me.